Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. The number of coronavirus cases in the United States is growing exponentially. And the Surgeon General says it is going to get worse this week. More than a dozen states are now either ordering or asking people to stay home. School is now closed for 55 million children. And today, Virginia's governor called off school for the rest of the year. Stocks plunged again on Wall Street as senators battled over a relief and stimulus plan. And just moments ago, the president said that the country was not built to be shut down and hinted that he wants to find a way to get some people back to work, even as experts say Americans need to stay at home. The president's comments come as states and cities are frantically trying to round up medical supplies and increase hospital beds. Now, an update on the cases here in the U.S. They have topped 42,000 with nearly 600 deaths. That's new. New York State has become the epicenter of the outbreak. Six percent of all cases in the world are there. Today, Florida's governor ordered anyone traveling from New York to Florida must go into quarantine for 14 days. Jerika Duncan is in New York City and leads off our coverage there. Jerika? Well, today, Nora, marks the first day of the most restrictive guidelines here, stay-at-home orders in New York City. Uh, We also know that essential workers are the only ones that are supposed to be out. Now, I can tell you right now, as the streets and the sounds of the streets are getting quieter, The message to stay inside is getting louder each day. Help has arrived in New York City. One of the nation's largest convention centers is being turned into a field hospital. The goal, 1,000 beds for non-coronavirus trauma patients to ease the burden of overwhelmed hospitals. This is a public health emergency. This is a matter of life and death. Half of the country's COVID-19 patients are in New York State. 1,800 of them are in the city's hospitals, 
Governor Andrew Cuomo says the state is trying to get as many medical supplies as it can. And we need about 30,000 ventilators, and we can just not get them. Hospitals are overwhelmed with patients and alarmed that the supplies they have now will be gone in days. Surgeon Cornelia Griggs has been on the front lines at New York Presbyterian. And when you're a doctor, that's really your armor. When you are facing walking into a room of a patient with a very infectious disease, and when we don't have our armor, we're completely vulnerable. The number of coronavirus cases in New York has nearly tripled in the last three days, totaling over 20,000 cases. Louisiana has one of the fastest growth rates in the country. A stay-at-home order remains in place in at least 13 states across the country. Michigan was the latest. We will all have to make significant sacrifices. More than 8,600 National Guard troops have been activated in all 50 states and D.C. And supply chains are being disrupted. Some Amazon Prime shipping is reportedly delayed as long as a month. 33-year-old yeah, Jason Knoll is living with coronavirus. He remains hopeful people will do what's required to keep everyone safe. It's not a big deal for people that are you and me at my age and, and, and people that are younger. It's not, but it is a big deal for those around them. Um, it's a big deal for people like my daughter who has a heart condition. Uh, it's a big deal for people who, like my parents, my kids' grandparents, if they get sick, it's a lot more serious. Last week, Governor Cuomo called on retired doctors, even nursing students, to help answer those calls for help, saying that they need more of those medical workers. Well, today, Nora, Andrew Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, reported that 30,000 people reached out to say they want to volunteer, they want to help fight this pandemic. Wow. Jerika, thank you. Tonight, Congress still hasn't agreed on a nearly $2 trillion stimulus package. Another vote failed today in the Senate. The gridlock led to a sell-off on Wall Street. The Dow was down almost 600 points, while the S&P has fallen 30% in the last 22 trading days. This is the fastest drop of that size in history. We're going to turn now to Nancy Cordes. She's on Capitol Hill tonight. And Nancy, does Congress understand the urgency here? They do, Nora, and senators had been hoping to vote today, but now the timeline is slipping because Democratic leader Chuck Schumer is still locked in negotiations with Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin. Republicans argue it is taking too long and that the markets and workers need certainty now. We don't have time for this. Emotions ran high today. This is disgraceful as senators tried to seal a $2 trillion deal. We don't think this bill will work. With immediate cash payments for American workers, billions in grants to small businesses, and a surge in unemployment insurance, up to four months' worth at full salary, even for freelance or seasonal workers like Detroit's Christina Hayes, who got laid off by Delta last week. I'm going to have to map out how one bill is paid or... If one bill is going to have to be late, I'm just going to have to make it truly work with what they give. Senators know that time is of the essence. Just today, Boeing announced it is temporarily closing some factories, impacting 70,000 workers. GE is slashing 10% of its workforce. 
But Democrats are pushing for more restrictions on the bill's $500 billion fund for big industry. The bill still includes something that most Americans don't want to see. Large corporate bailouts with no almost no strings attached. As the virus spreads, the strain on the Senate is starting to show. This bill does not create a slush fund. Kentucky Republican Rand Paul tested positive yesterday. He and four colleagues are self-quarantined. The husband of Minnesota's Amy Klobuchar is hospitalized and on oxygen. Today, President Trump suggested that cutting off commerce to slow the spread could be worse than the virus itself. Vice President Pence has said some critical workers who have been exposed might stay on the job if they wear masks, a notion Governor Cuomo is exploring as well. You can't stop the economy forever. So we have to start to think about, does everyone stay out of work? Tonight, Democratic senators are telling us they are making progress in these closed-door talks, but they think it might not be till tomorrow night, Nora, that this bill is ready for a vote. Which is raising questions about what's going to happen with the markets tomorrow, Nancy. Thank you. A rush on medications that many hope can treat coronavirus means those drugs are now in short supply, including for people who need them for other serious illnesses. But patients with coronavirus are pleading for treatment now. Carter Evans reports tonight from Los Angeles. I'm a young guy. I have no medical history. <laughs> Struggling to speak, Brooklyn doctor Janesh Patel is a coronavirus patient. His recovery helped by drugs now in very short supply. It feels so helpless. Make it available in time so that it could be used before it is too late. Some drugs like remdesivir have shown promise, but New York City doctor Jesse Greenberg, now in ICU, can't get it. What is the next step for your medical care if you don't get this medication? I don't know. And with hospitals filling up fast, California-based Gilead Sciences, which makes remdesivir, reports an exceptional increase in compassionate use requests, meaning the use of a new unapproved drug to treat a sick patient. Gilead says the overwhelming demand forced them to put remdesivir on hold for compassionate use. Another drug, hydroxychloroquine, has shown promise with coronavirus, but patients like those with the autoimmune condition lupus are now seeing dangerous shortages. Some people are stocking up on hydroxychloroquine right now, even though they don't have any symptoms. Please, I urge everyone, please to not do that. But help could soon be on the way. Tomorrow, New York State will start clinical trials of two drugs. Those on the front lines who need help themselves say it can't happen fast enough. How could this drug be made more available to those who are in need before it is too late? The fact that doctors are having such a hard time getting these medications when they're sick shows just how critical this situation is because they can't help anyone else until they get better themselves. Nora? Carter, thank you. Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. John LaPook joins us now. And John, good to see you. The Surgeon General is warning that this week it is going to be bad. What exactly should America prepare for? Well, I think we should prepare for understanding that we have to flatten that curve. Right. If there are more and more cases happening, we have to buy in to the fact that when we do, people do the social distancing, when they do the hand washing properly, they're actually making a difference. 
We've heard stories of doctors over-prescribing drugs like hydroxychloroquine, which could be a possible treatment for COVID-19. Why is this so dangerous? I feel so strongly about this, Nora. I understand the instinct to have it just in case, but when it's sitting there in your medicine cabinet unused, guess what? The people who actually need it may not be able to get it, and that's actually happening, where people who have lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, where it's been proven to work, they're not able to get it. And so we're now halfway through the federal guidelines to slow the spread, the social distancing. Are we seeing any progress? You know, Nora, it's really hard to know because, again, there's not enough testing right now. And we're still waiting for a very important test that we haven't spoken a lot about. What they're working on now is an antibody test to see if you had infection. Once we know what those are showing for big populations, we'll say, oh, you know, maybe it turns out that a lot more people were infected and immune than we realized. And then we're going to be able to get a sense of where this thing might be headed. As we near the deadline of those federal guidelines, at the same time you hear the governor of New York saying today we need to start talking about reviving the economy and sending some people back to work. How will public health officials react to that? I heard that, and as a physician, they do brush up against each other. Because think about it, if you find out that somebody has immunity, those could be the exact people who go back to the front lines, go back to work. What's the guidance about being outdoors? Yes, you can go outside. Yes, you have to be careful. You know, you have to use your head about it. but. Personally, and also as a physician, I think it's good for your physical health, it's good for your mental health, and guess what? If your anxiety goes down, that helps you get to sleep better, and guess what happens during sleep? Your immunity gets repaired. And we all want to keep our immunity way up. Thank you, Dr. John LaPook. All right, Nora. Tonight, CBS News is investigating misleading claims about coronavirus test kits. Some are being sold online, others by telemarketers. Catherine Herridge now on what to look out for. Entrepreneur Jonathan Cohen says he's received 4,000 orders for these coronavirus tests from China that he says may identify infection in minutes. So that would be a positive test. Indeed. Yes, that's right. Practicing proper social distancing, we met him in the parking lot of his office last week so we could see how it works. How accurate are the results? Somewhere between 88 and 98 percent. But medical experts and former FDA officials say Cohen's claims are questionable. Saying I have a test from China is not enough to put a test on the market here in the United States. And so in today's world, where the answers are life and death, it is not appropriate to just buy a test and sell it here to try to make a profit. Separately, a CBS News investigation found other companies blowing through federal regulations, trying to cash in on the public panic. Others skirt FDA guidance. When you have misleading marketing and claims, it can lead to loss of life and significant problems. Jonathan Cohen's website, coronachecktest.com, sells the test to medical professionals, a 25-pack for nearly $500. We don't see this in any way as a replacement for the lab testing. Uh, but as a way to supplement or enhance that testing. Their press release says they launched the test kits following a green light from FDA. But scroll down to the bottom of their website and there's a disclaimer. This test has not been reviewed by the FDA. Maybe it shouldn't be fine print. Maybe we should make it more prominent. Because also in the fine print it says negative results do not rule out right. COVID-19 infection. That's right. After our interview, Cohen reached out to CBS News. He said they would not ship the test until it was validated in the U.S. And if it failed, they would issue a refund for the thousands that were ordered. 
Catherine here at CBS News, Washington. And we want to remind everyone that the FDA has not authorized any home testing kits for COVID-19. So be aware out there. Virginia today became the second state to cancel school for the rest of the year. Nationwide, nearly 55 million kids are out of school. And while many are learning online, districts with less money and fewer resources are making other plans. Here's Meg Oliver. It was back to school for 12-year-old William Snell from his Brooklyn kitchen. How do you feel about this remote learning? Uh, I, don't, I don't really feel, feel good about it because I like to actually, you know, talk to my friends in person. The Snell family is fortunate. They have the devices to stay connected. About 300,000 New York City students don't have laptops. Are you prepared to continue this remote learning if school is out for the rest of the year? I'm prepared to do whatever I need to do for my son. We did realistic fiction. New Jersey started online learning last week. So far, at least 121,000 public and private schools across the country. 46 states have closed all schools, leaving nearly 55 million students to learn from home. Some schools offer virtual classes online. In Philadelphia, one of the poorest big cities in America, more than half of lower and middle school kids do not have laptops, so they distributed 60,000 learning packets. Oh, I'm extremely worried. 10th grade teacher Kaziah Ridgway started making house calls to students today. I just think it's important as a teacher to be that steady force in their lives. For me, it's a way to try to provide some normalcy. A plan she vows to continue. Meg Oliver, CBS News. This is going to be the challenge for so many of us parents. You know, sometimes some events in our lives are just too precious to miss, even during this unprecedented emergency. Janet Chamlian tonight on how some Americans are still finding ways to celebrate with family and friends. When Jade Roloff and Houston Holmes said their I do's, it was in a backyard with 10 people, not the crowd of 175 the Dallas couple planned for. But guests had plans of their own, surprising the newlyweds with a drive-by reception. As millions of once-in-a-lifetime events are canceled, like Emily Hendrick's 12th birthday party, America has new ways of making memories. We just didn't want there to not be something amazing to happen for her birthday. The Minnesota girl is hard of hearing, but couldn't miss the sound of celebration. It was like very unbelievable because this doesn't usually happen. Happy birthday to you. When Rhode Islander Alfred Vicoli turned 92, eight children, 14 grandchildren, and 15 great-grands ditched the party for a parade. I don't know, it's too much, it's too much. I'm over. To those out there on the front lines. And the Grand Ole Opry, never missing a Saturday in 94 years, upheld tradition. Finding a way to come together in a time of being apart. Janet Shemley and CBS News, Houston. We still find a way to be together. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom 
was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts.